Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I mean, I, I think there is, you know, everyone in here, uh, every player in here, I, you know, I really respect them. You know, everything that's been going on and not going on. And uh, it's, uh, you know, how, how everyone in, in this room have handled, handled everything. I think it's been, been really good. And then, uh, you know, the whole whole situation and everything, I'm happy about that. No, I'm not. And I think it could have been handled a lot different from, from up top. Yeah, a poignant message from Calgary Flames goaltender Jacob Markstrom about his, uh, the talk about him as a trade candidate, if you will, as he's helping uh, keep the Flames afloat this year. Really a key cog in the dressing room by all accounts, but uh, you know you don't need to take any of this from me. We're going to bring aboard Logan Gordon, and he'll tell you in uh, in a moment. Um, it's interesting because this is a player who, uh, as Frank talked about about an hour ago, I mean they were they had all but signed off on the deal to get him to New Jersey, a contending team, but the Flames didn't want to retain salary on that. Well, now New Jersey's not even asking for that. They're saying we need a goaltender so bad. Well, whatever, we'll figure it out. We'll take it on, and uh, and there's still. I don't know. I guess maybe this could still come to fruition. Certainly looks like it could uh, today more so than it would have yesterday. After these comments, we are going to bring aboard our headliner today to dive deeper into this. Headliner brought to you each day by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you have ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. He's uh, in a very similar position to mine down at Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. Pleased to join uh, Logan Gordon on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Logan, you got Brendan here. How's it going tonight? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Yeah, things are uh, things are pretty good, I guess, just waiting for something trade-wise to drop. And certainly that's uh, why we're talking to you, uh, our friends down the QE2, about uh, the deal that happens with Chris Tanev and deals perhaps yet to happen, not only with Noah Hannafin, but we better start uh, out of the gate with this uh, Jacob Markstrom uh, news. You just heard the clip, but uh, your reaction and maybe an assessment of the reaction in the market as Markstrom voices some uh, malcontent with how things were handled by the front office. Yeah, it was an interesting reaction. Had a lot of us raising our eyebrows here uh, on Friday when we heard from Jacob Markstrom. It shouldn't come as too much of a surprise to too many people, Brennan, mainly for the fact that if you listen to NHL insiders like Elliot Friedman or if you're not in the Calgary market, you'll understand Jacob Markstrom doesn't enjoy 
this side of the business very much. He doesn't enjoy hearing his name um, out and about from insiders or in trade rumors. This is something that uh, he really doesn't enjoy. So the last month or so, and even from the season as a whole, more so with his teammates and with him, this isn't something that he's enjoyed. And knowing that there was a deal potentially a couple weeks ago that came really close to happening with New Jersey, and it still sort of lingered, you know, up until today and, you know, looking forward to the trade deadline next week, it's clearly something that hasn't sat well with him. And to be honest, it's a bit surprising maybe we haven't heard more of this from Jacob Markstrom. I think he's tried to remain as calm and level-headed about it as he as he can being the kind of professional that he is but uh we here in the calgary market know how much this is something he doesn't enjoy talking about and clearly isn't happy about how the process has worked out from his end and yet his play recently has been almost muddying the waters i mean but for the expiring contracts you could say that he had kind of swung calgary into contendership there uh, at least for a few days you know being the points out uh, that the team is now now uh, the sell-off is going to continue, of course, but um, it's it's just been channeled into productivity, which is only going to help his theoretical trade value. Yeah, if you're a contending team like New Jersey, you love what you've seen uh, out of a guy like Jacob Markstrom this season. Really, it wouldn't be hard to say in Calgary that he's been the most valuable player to this Flames team. It was a bit of a slow start for him out of the gate that had a lot of people wondering whether or not he was going to bounce back to a guy that could be in the Vesna conversation around the NHL. But let's be honest, you're right. Even though the Flames sit seven points out of a playoff spot with a couple games in hand with Nashville, the reality of the situation is they wouldn't be anywhere close to that position if it wasn't for Jacob Markstrom. So it's tough from a Flames perspective for Craig Conroy, who tells you they're not willing to take this down to the studs here in Calgary for the retool or rebuild on the fly, whatever you want to call it. It's a tempting piece to move on from a guy like Jacob Markstrom, who could hold some pretty significant value if you're a team like New Jersey looking for that final piece in net. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the market isn't exactly huge this year for uh, suitors uh, for a goaltender of his caliber, but New Jersey is is the front runner in that, and, and there there could be some logical additions that Calgary could pluck off of that roster, uh, really to help the scoring. I mean, you look at, you back out the view on this Flames team, and, and with the 30th uh, overall power play in the league, they just seem to struggle to put the puck in the net, and I guess that's what happens when you trade away the 100-point scorer in, in a guy like Kachuk, and, and you have a drop-off like Huberto has when he was the return in that deal. Yeah, it's, they've never really, and the, they never were going to be able to replace what left when Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk left this team in the same offseason. Different circumstances, but there was just no way you could replace that sort of production. And even the guys that remained in Calgary, like Elias Lindholm, was here you know, for a good chunk after Kachuk and Gaudreau left. Well, they were going to struggle to put up the same kind of points tally without those two skilled guys in the lineup as well. Add to that the beginning of the season, going back to New Jersey, ironically enough, you know, last year's leading scorer in Tyler Toffoli was shipped off before the season began. And while Yegor Sharangovich has done a really admirable job bouncing back and being a nice offensive weapon for this Flames team, it's not far off to say, uh, Brennan, that they haven't really ever come close to getting that next 100-point guy or that next guy who's going to be relied on for consistent offense. Jonathan Huberto has been much better 
in the calendar year of 2024, but still nowhere near the level of an offensive superstar that this Flames team desperately needs. Chatting with Logan Gordon from Sportsnet 960 down the road in Calgary, and I think we need to, to before we get to the trade talk, and Chris Tanev, now a member of the Dallas Stars and what's yet to come, uh, we'll, we'll just put a bow on what you just said there, and Mackenzie Weger coming across in that trade. I imagine this is somebody who's uh, who is maybe more unsung around the league, but this has to be, uh, say, the runner-up to Markstrom's MVP candidacy. He is an unbelievable ad for Calgary. Yeah, it's becoming pretty clear, at least right now, that uh, Mackenzie Weger might wind up being the main piece of the Calgary Flames got in return when they traded Matthew Kachuk to the Florida Panthers. This guy's uh, a consummate pro. He wants to win. He he cares so much about his teammates and wanting to produce. He's been everywhere up and down the Flames' decor. He's played on his offside when the Flames had you know a couple of right-handed D. So he's been playing on his offside, but still managing to put up good numbers offensively. And he's been sort of a an all situations guy for Ryan Huska to utilize this season. And uh, as you mentioned, we'll, we'll get into the trade talks. But you know, Chris Tanev being gone. Nikita Zadorov being gone and soon Noah Hannafin, uh, a lot of the weight and a lot of the pressure from those guys leaving is going to fall on Mackenzie Weger's shoulders. It already has in a lot of different ways, but only expect that to be expanded once the final shoe drops and Noah Hannafin finds a new home. Good Ontario boy. Doesn't seem to have a problem with the Canadian market whatsoever uh, adapting to <laughs> Calgary there. Uh, now, Chris Tanev was going to move. We all knew that. And some of the finalists did include the likes of the Edmonton Oilers, uh, but it was going to cost a first-round pick. Or so we thought... Logan, so we thought now they acquire Artem Grushnikov, uh, a defense prospect, a second rounder in 2024, and a conditional third round pick. Your reaction to the return? It wasn't the home run that Craig Conroy achieved in the Elias Lindholm trade with Vancouver a few weeks earlier, but I think it's respectable value for a guy like Chris Tanev, who is 34 years old, uh, isn't going to be returning to the Calgary Flames. I think that conversation had sort of broken off, maybe even going back to the beginning of the season, Brendan, that you know Chris Tanev was probably looking to cement himself in a split that would give him you know, the last three or four years of his NHL career. And at this point, the Calgary Flames just aren't willing to commit to that, knowing how much is changing during the next couple of years and the youth movement sort of takes over here in Calgary. So it was always going to be uh, an inevitability that these two sides went their separate ways uh, before the trade deadline. But the interesting part that's come out of this really, and look, we in this market thought that a guy like Chris Tanev being the sort of defensive warrior that he is would garner a first round pick, but we're not in the market. We're not the ones that uh, call Craig Conroy up with deals. We're just guessing at it uh, the best we can. But what we've heard from Craig Conroy specifically when it comes to the talk about a first-round pick and whether that was on the table was he likes this Artem Krishnikov youngster in place of a late first-round pick. That's kind of how the Flames are viewing this, that uh, instead of getting a look at where Dallas is right now, even use them as an example, late first-round pick where it's anywhere from 27 to 32, 
Craig Conroy and the Flames organization look at it as they're picking up a youngster that's already playing in pro hockey and is probably two or three years developmentally ahead of where that first round pick would be this year for the Flames. So they feel like they're adding to a, a decor in the system that really needs some help. It's been thin for the Calgary Flames for a couple of years now, and they're happy to pick up a second-round pick in there as well that will either add to that prospect pool or could be a weapon for Craig Conroy to use when it comes to adding to his NHL roster. So talk to me. I know you're, you're kind of feeling the pulse not only of the team but of the fan base on a daily basis down there. Uh, what's the sentiment with Hannafin moving on from the franchise and sort of his legacy there? Is that going to hinge some somewhat, I guess, on what he's able to fetch as far as a return? It is and it isn't. Uh, the best way I can describe it is like, it's really mixed feelings uh, with Noah Hannafin and his eventual departure from Calgary because uh, as a guy, you know, 26, 27 years old who plays in the kind of situations that Noah does, uh, if you're the Calgary Flames and you're talking about, you know, really getting back to competing in two or three years' time, well, Noah Hannafin still kind of fits into what they're doing and would certainly take the pressure off some of the youngsters coming up in the system, but as Craig Conroy's mentioned, if guys aren't signed by the trade deadline, they're not going to let assets walk for nothing. That was something he said from day one being introduced as a GM in Calgary, that the Johnny Goudreau situation wasn't going to happen under his watch, whether it be with Chris Tanev, Elias Lindholm, or Noah Hannafin. And the fact of the matter is the Flames made uh, a very good competitive offer to Noah Hannafin in his camp, and he hasn't been willing to commit pen to paper. So... This is the road that the Calgary Flames are going down. Uh, it sure feels like Noah Hannafin has a desire to go back to a team in the United States and play there for the next chunk of his career. But for the Calgary Flames, it's it's going to be a massive loss. Pretty much their top pairing this year has been Tanev and Hannafin. And when you're talking about futures and prospects, those aren't going to replace the minutes that you're going to lose with those two guys. No, certainly not. And, you know, I'm just looking here at the roster and, and sort of the team that they have or, or the younger core that they've put in place. You, you guys, Logan, have been really uh, surprised, I would suggest, by the play of Connor Zary this year. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a Kamloops product, so I knew about the kid <laughs> when he was drafted out of the Blazers program there. He's 22 years old now, so a good time to take a step forward. But um, he has been like really impactful and uh, I look at Martin Pospisil and I think that that's the type of player a lot of uh, teams would like to have I'm not even to Dustin Wolf on the list yet so talk about sort of the the young core that they are able to supplement uh, via the trade market or, or going into the summer then free agency yeah, it certainly starts with those two guys that you mentioned with Zary and Pospisil. And the interesting thing is, is they weren't anywhere near the top of the list of guys, especially Pospisil. When you talk about who we were talking about in training camp for the Calgary Flames, there was obviously a lot of excitement around Dustin Wolf. Matt Coronado got his first NHL game in last year as well. And a guy like Cole Schwint, who, again, a couple years uh, more in pro hockey at the AHL level, He was part of the return for Matthew Kachuk in the uh, Florida trade. So those were kind of the names that a lot of people in Calgary were focusing in on. For different reasons, they haven't had the same sort of impact in the lineup as maybe fans were hoping for, but it's come from, you know, the Zaries and the Pospisils who have formed this sort of new look number one line for the Calgary Flames. 
centered by veteran Nazem Kadri, who's taken both guys under his wing and really, you know, led them into a successful start to the NHL. So much so that Pospisil already has put pen to paper uh, on a two-year extension with the Calgary Flames. That's how highly Craig Conroy has viewed this start for those guys. So it starts with them. And, yes, the Coronados, the Wolves, those are all conversations that are going to be had in the future for the Calgary Flames. They feel Dustin Wolf is the starter of the future. He's had nothing but success uh, at the WHL level, the AHL level. His NHL numbers this year haven't been great, uh, but you do have to put the asterisk beside it that uh, they've come very inconsistently. Uh, really only last-minute injuries or call-ups have been the reason that we've seen Dustin Wolf. So uh, despite getting into more NHL games this season, uh, he hasn't really had a chance to settle in here for any extended period of time. But for right now, until this upcoming draft comes and Craig Conroy is able to use some of these uh, new picks that he's acquired, it's the Coronados, the Wolves, the Zaries, the Pospisils that right now are really leading the youth movement in Calgary. One more for you here. I don't want to keep you for too much longer, but Matt Rempe is making headlines right across the National Hockey League. Uh, old schoolers love to see it. And, and I think that just as a fan of sport, I'm really loving how much he's loving what he's doing out there. It's just so genuine. He's from Calgary. We both know that he played in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. I'm sitting here saying, how does a guy play in the Western League at six foot seven? How does he play for the Spruce Grove Saints for a year how does this get overlooked and the new york rangers organization is the one that snatches them up i i know it's revisionist history but i just wonder what you think of watching the big man go particularly given he's a calgary product the calgary connection's awesome and i love seeing a kid jump into the nhl like that with with no fear and taking on all comers i know there's been a sentiment i'm sure you've heard it about uh, you know, look, head injuries are obviously a very serious thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to dismiss any of that, but, uh, you know, to have a young kid come in with this sort of, I don't want to call it an attitude because it's not that, it's a confidence, it's a swagger that he has uh, about himself that so few youngsters have nowadays. And to put it on the line on some of the biggest stages in New York, I think it's been incredible. I've loved every minute of it. Uh, he's learning more as he goes on. He's learning how to protect himself. He's learning who the real tough guys are in the NHL. And uh, the fact that it comes back to a guy that played in the AJHL and he's having the sort of league-wide notice come to him now, I think it's been really well-deserved, and I'm curious to see how it continues for him. Thanks so much, Logan, for your time tonight. Always appreciate it, man. Brendan, anytime. Appreciate you. That's Logan Gordon from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. No, this is not called Flames now. I just, I don't get it, man. It's hockey. Can't we talk about hockey? Yeah, we can, at least for a couple more minutes. But I had better say this, and then we'd better get to a break. Royal Pizza, I might have to dial them up tonight. It's pizza, pasta, and so much more. Tonight in, uh, actually, no, no. Tonight is a brand new special. They got uh, something else going on because it's not the two for dine. Two can dine anymore. Uh, But we do know that they've been in Edmonton for 50 years plus with 14 Edmonton and area locations. How's that off the top of the head? Good enough? Uh, Yeah, maybe. Now I have to order them for dinner. (laughs) 6.53. It's Brendan Escott here. We're back to wrap it up in a minute. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chad. 
Two o'clock puck drop tomorrow. Bob on the call alongside, uh, I don't even know. Is it Jack tomorrow? Callan, is it Jack tomorrow? What do you see? No, Cam Moon. Cam Moon. Mooner on the call with Bob. Mooner on the call. Two o'clock puck drop, 12.30 face-off show. Sunday, it's Pittsburgh. In town, seven o'clock puck drop. Right now, we've got this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Join that exclusive four-night road trip down to Dallas and watch the Oilers play the Stars in April. Call or visit newwesttravel.com. We go to this day in 1988. I know that at this point, I guess... Actually, no, he hadn't been traded until later this summer. Wayne Gretzky picking up a first period assist, and he passed Gordie Howe as the NHL's all-time leader in career assist. Howe had uh, 1,049 in 26 years. Gretzky posted 1,050 in nine years. The Oilers beat the Kings 5-3. I don't need to tell you that... uh, Nobody has as many points as Wayne has assists, and that is just absolutely absurd. Lots of hockey all weekend long on these very airwaves. Reed Wilkins is coming right up with Inside Sports. He will continue the hockey talk, no doubt. And then he's got the face-off show at 1230. Enjoy. We'll talk to you, I guess, on Sunday.